Hey there, welcome again to my channel. So glad you could join me. We got some exciting things to get into today. Uh, we're going to be talking about next month, September 2022, the final seven years could begin. Daniel's 70th week, some people call it the tribulation. So we're going to get into why that could be the case and we need to be ready right now in August. Also, we'll talk about how Israel is now under threat of Iran becoming a nuclear power and they're threatening to bomb Israel, which falls right in line with the final seven years. And we'll explain that. We'll also be talking about the covenant with many has already arrived. And we'll be interpreting the colors of the four horses. We, we understand who the horsemen are. But what about the four horses? And so the horsemen control the horses and the four colors are extremely important. And we're already in, we're past the first horseman, the second, the third, and even we're in the fourth horseman right now looking for the fifth horseman to be loosed. And then we're going to get into the trumpets of Revelation if we have time. Uh, we're going to start on the first three trumpets of Re Revelation and find out, is Apophis the Wormwood Asteroid? Apophis is coming in 2029, and that is significant if, that, if we're looking at the final seven years beginning this year, September 2022. We welcome all the newcomers. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you can find out lots of resources at my website, thomastaylorministries.org. You can also support me there. Hit the donate option and... Uh, Thank you for all my supporters. You let me do what I do to produce these videos that goes around the world. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. All my supporters, we all appreciate you for being a part of, of this ministry. Also, my other website is wormwoodprophecy.com. You can see an image of it here, Wormwood Prophecy or wormwoodasteroid.com. Either way, you can get there and find out, you know, some of the things going on with asteroids from NASA and JPL, as well as various other topics like these videos here. You can find there, uh, as well as my, my channel on YouTube. You can find me on Roku. You can find me. Any place that there's a podcast, um, you can find me on Vimeo now. You can find me on Rumble. You can, I'm just, I'm all over the place. Uh, BitChute. Uh, where else? Hmm, let me think. My websites. All kinds of ways to find me. So make sure you hit the like button. You hit the follow. You hit the, especially on YouTube, hit the bell. Make some comments and let me have your feedback of what you think about what I'm saying. If you got some more information or something that can help me, some more research, please hit me up at YouTube uh, in the comments section. Hit uh, the bell, hit the like. You make it happen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Help me get the word out. Share this. We're possibly approaching the final seven years and we have to be ready. This is... And no other time in my lifetime has it been as important as this final really month or so that we're, we're, we're about to get into when we approach September, uh, the end of September, September 26th, which is when uh, the Jewish New Year begins. It's also the Feast of Trumpets. You pre-tribbers should be really excited if you're a pre-trib person looking at the Feast of Trumpets in September 2022. And we'll get into the, the Shemitah. 
But, but let's talk about a threat, the threat of Iran and Israel going into nuclear war or going to at least some type of conflict. Here's an image uh, coming from uh, Jerusalem Post. From Jerusalem Post, uh, just came out, I think today or very recently. It says, Iran says that we will build nuclear warheads and turn New York into hellish ruins. And of course, it's a threat against Israel as well as us. If we try to come in and help Israel or if Israel tries to do something, they're making a threat because Israel and the United States are allies. So they're threatening hellish ruin on New York. And here's an image of a, of a, um, of a missile in Iran. The IRGC, I think that's the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, linked Bishimi Media. Telegram channel published a video and it was entitled When Will Iran's Sleeping Nuclear Warheads Awaken? Just so you know, they really already have the ability, if they want to, to produce nuclear weapons. They have the ability to make nuclear weapons grade plutonium or uranium. I'm not sure which one it was. Uh, well, let's read it here. I think we'll get into some of the details here. So when will Iran's sleeping nuclear warheads awaken, according to the London-based Iran International News Outlet? So the short video that they put, they just put out on Twitter declares that I, the Iranian regime, regime is, they're going to develop a nuclear weapon very quickly if the United States or the Zionist regime makes any stupid mistakes. Per Iran International. The video states that Iran's ballistic missiles have the capability of turning New York into hellish ruins and an ostensible reference to Iran's space program. Uh, the nuclear facilities of Fardo have been built deep under the mountains of Iran and are protected against trench-busting bombs and even nuclear explosions all infrastructures required for nuclear breakout have been prepared in it, said this video, according to Iran International. And so news organization, uh, the news organization paraphrased the video as stating, stating that the facilities near Narance may, may be highly vulnerable to a possible attack by Western powers and Israel, but Fordo will immediately assume war footing and begin the nuclear breakout project within a short time if the tanks comes under missile attack. So in other words, Iran, I mean, Israel can attack the Natanz uh, facility, but they're saying they have a deep underground place called Fordo that is going to immediately start producing nuclear missiles that'll hit Israel and apparently they're threatening the, the United States, in particular, the uh, New York City. Um, so... The, the video declared that the regime can move its peaceful nuclear program to a nuclear weapons program at a very fast pace um, in Iran's uranium enrichment process. So that's what it's talking about, uranium enrich enrichment, which it can make underground at Fordo near Qom um, if it needs to. And so this is a threat. This is a threat against Israel. So Israel has been known to attack uh, Iran, killing Iranian scientists. They've bombed facilities. Um, they, they've been 
of course, very proactive because Iran has made it extremely clear we want to wipe Israel off the face of the map. And they're not joking. Uh, they believe it is their destiny to do so. It is a religious fervor. They have an end-time scenario that they believe in as well. And they are the key players on planet Earth. They think they're going to bring in, you know, the Mahdi, their Messiah, and they're going to wipe out Israel. That's all something they must do. And so Israel knows it. And so Israel has uh, been doing what they can to prepare um, and to prevent nuclear attack by Iran. They've been attacking places in Syria as Iran uses Syria as a proxy to move missiles and uh, other ways of attacking Israel closer to the, the um, you know, up there by the Golan Heights, northern Israel. And so um, Iran, I mean, uh, Israel is just, uh, they're the size of New Jersey. They're just a tiny, tiny sliver of a country. And it's extremely difficult to defend this country if it wasn't for God saving them during the Six-Day War. Um, they, they wouldn't even have a country at all, hardly. Nonetheless, let's get into the Shemitah. What I want to talk about is how we can, in September 2022, possibly, I'm not saying absolutely, but possibly be entering the final seven years. And so a lot of people talk about what that is, that it has to do with some kind of covenant with Israel, which is, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there will be a confirming of a covenant with many. The many is not Israel. It will be a confirming of a covenant with many. The many is the United Nations. All right. And so um, people are expecting a, a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. That's not going to happen. Okay. A seven-year peace treaty. For one, it's a confirming of a covenant, not the beginning of a covenant. In other words, the covenant could already be in existence, and I believe it is. It's already in force. And someone is going to come along and confirm it strongly for the next seven years. It's the Antichrist, but I believe he's going to be working behind the scenes, not doing it out in the open. He is a person of power, great influence and great power. Maybe he's already been in power and he's no longer in power right now. And he's working behind closed doors, behind scenes, uh, pulling in all kinds of money around the world to propagate his plan and we're going to get into what that plan is. And so it, it really is based off of this prophecy over in Daniel chapter 9. It is a 70 times 7 year judgment, which equals 490 years. 490 years of judgment are going to fall or have fallen on the nation of Israel. And what is that talking about? Well, 483 years of that judgment have already taken place. So that leaves seven years left. And that's what we know as Daniel's 70th week, the final seven years, and all the pre-tribbers call it the tribulation. And so this 70, the 70th week is possibly what we're entering into. And so we're going to talk about, well, what will we expect to see happen if it begins in September? Is it a seven-year peace treaty? Absolutely not. You're not you're not going to see that, okay? Not going to happen. But what you will see is what we're going to talk about. 
And so just stick with me. I'm going to give you scriptures and I'm going to explain the scriptures of Daniel 9.27. But one I want to talk about is the Shemitah. What happened was Israel didn't keep their Shemitah, which means they were supposed to let the land rest every 70 years. I'm not 70, every seven years. The seventh year, they're supposed to not, you know, work the land, not to harvest any crops, not to not to sow any crops, not to do anything with the land. Let it rest for a year. Well, they didn't do it. And so for uh, 483 years, God put Israel in captivity or occupation or in the land was in ruins. Jerusalem was in ruins because they wouldn't let, let the land rest. So God made it rest. And so what we can expect to see for the final seven years is the same thing. I believe there will come the judgment of God for the final seven years where the land will rest. In other words, something will happen that will cause the land to to rest. Like, oh, we were just talking about a war with Iran. If not Iran directly with with Syria or Hezbollah or something like that. But the thing about this this whole uh, 70 years times 70 times 7, these sevens can't happen at any time. In other words, the final seven years can't happen at any time. It has to happen when a Shemitah begins. And Shemitahs only happen once every seven years. And so if it isn't this September, then it has to be the next September, seven years later, possibly, or the one after that, etc., etc. But the one that makes this one the most interesting is the prophecies in the book of Revelation about wormwood and possibly being fulfilled uh, by Apophis, which is an asteroid coming in the year 2029. Um, And I believe it's likely to hit us. Um, So, the 70th week, this final seven years, can't start unless it's a Shmita. Shmita, and that happens in September 2022 starts Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets, the Jewish New Year, or the Feast of Trumpets. And so what's interesting, again, in 2029, uh, April of 2029, uh, the possible Wormwood fulfillment could happen in Apophis. Well, exactly five months after Apophis possibly hits us, happens to be Rosh Hashanah 2029. It'll be the Feast of Trumpets 2029. And what do you know about the Feast of Trumpets? Well, anybody that studies end times will tell you that the Feast of Trumpets is significant because it's most likely the time, nobody knows that they are our, but the time, general time, because it's one of two days, nobody knows which day, which hour, is the time of the rapture. So you pre-tribbers should be getting really ready in September of 2022. If not, you got to wait until September 2029. <laughs> All right. I'm just kind of playing with the pre-tribbers. Uh, I used to be pre-trib. Totally understand. All right. So, <laughs> but what's interesting is five months after Apophis to the exact day is Rosh Hashanah. Well, there's a five-month prophecy in the book of Revelation that tells us that the fifth trumpet sounds, and exactly five months later, the trumpet stops. And then the sixth trumpet sounds. The fifth trumpet is those locusts that come out. So what I believe is this asteroid will come, and that 
fires off trumpets one, two, three, four, and five all at once. And then the sixth trumpet happens so fast, it's only one hour long. So the fifth trumpet lasts five months. It's those locusts. The sixth trumpet is the 200 million demons that cover the earth, and in one hour they will kill one-third of mankind. And so at the fifth trumpet is Rosh Hashanah. It only takes one hour for the sixth trumpet. Then comes the seventh trumpet, which is the last trumpet. And at the last trumpet, we are resurrected. We are raptured to be with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. So it's just amazing that the year in the year 2029, September 2029, is the next Rosh Hashanah, the, uh, uh, the, the end of the Shemitah and the beginning of a new Shemitah, the new seven-year cycle. Okay, And what is amazing is it's the Feast of Trumpets. It's, it's a new Shemitah cycle. It's a new year. It's a perfect candidate for the rapture. And so that's the one I'm looking for, is exactly seven years from September of 2022. In other words, I think we're entering into very possibly the final seven years. And I'll tell you why. I'll talk more about it. So, all right. So, let's talk about why I think September is significant. I want to remind you, September exactly seven years prior was the time of the four blood moons. So there's another seven, another Shemitah that happened. And the four blood moons were like a neon sign saying, look at what's happening on the earth right now. And nobody knew what was happening. Right at the end of the blood moons, this is what was happening. Agenda 2030. The signature of the four horsemen came out in front of everybody, and most Bible prophecy students didn't know because they don't know what the four horses are. They don't they know what the four horsemen are, but the four horses actually have a significance as well. Their color has a purpose, and I'll explain that much later in my video. So stick with me till I get to that point, because the color white, the white horse. Red horse, black horse, green horse, all are extremely significant. But we're going to start with the red horse. The red horse happens to mean government, and I'll talk about why in a, in a, in a little bit later. But let's talk about world government. That's what Agenda 2030 is by the United Nations. That's where the, the United Nations is the final world government, at least a version of it. It'll be a different version of it when it finally solidifies in its final power when the Antichrist takes over it. And it'll be run by 10 kings. Nonetheless, let's again focus on the final seven years, the, the possibly the last Shemitah cycle, why 20, September 2022 is critically important. All right, if the final seven years begins in 2022, some of the, there's two things that you can expect to see happen. One thing you will not see happen. It will not be a seven-year covenant with Israel, okay? Just forget that. Not going to happen. Not in the Bible. 
Okay? I'll read you Daniel 9.27 and prove it in just a sec. But what you will see happen is, is our two main things. Exactly what Daniel 9.27 says. Let me read it. And he, the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant. Not make a covenant. It is confirm or strengthen a covenant. It's not make a covenant. This is extremely important. He's not going to start the covenant. He's going to strengthen a covenant that's already in existence, that has already been bought into voluntarily by the nations of the world. Agenda 2030 has already been bought into, ratified by voluntary by many of the nations of the world. And it and it's I mean, I think what 196 nations, they've already said yes to Agenda 2030. They're already on board. They're already implementing it in their own nations. It's your socialists and progressives and Marxists and communists in the nations of the world pushing this agenda 2030. And so if they're in power, if they're a governor governor of your state, a mayor of your city, if they're, I don't care where they are, if they're on your city council, if they're uh, on, on your city's um, zoning board, they are implementing this voluntarily. They're making it happen. And you've got to stop it. You've got to get out there to those city meetings and those state and vote for your state legislators and, of course, federal legislators for your Senate and Congress if you're in in the United States. And, of course, the president. It's extremely important. Uh, Joe Biden is all on board with his Build Back Better is this thing right here. Okay, it's, it's, it's the green agenda. It is, and we'll talk about that as well. All right, so let's just focus on the governmental side of of, of what's going to happen. What you're going to see in the final seven years is a confirming of this. This is the covenant with many. I know a lot of people will disagree, but just listen to me. Listen to what I'm telling you by, I believe the Lord is speaking through me and the Lord has given me this understanding and, and he's telling people all over the place now, look at Agenda 2030 because that's what the four blood moons were pointing to back in 2015. That's when it came into power, when the Pope stepped up to the podium and started pushing Agenda 2030. And all the nations and the United Nations all agreed. And it was uh, spoken of at the United Nations. It was spoken at U.S. Congress and, and at the House and so forth. And, and so this happened, started in the year 2015. But in the final seven years, it will be confirmed and strengthened it's not an event that is, let's read it. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven-year period, one week, one Shemitah cycle, one seven. So it's not an event. It's, it'll happen over seven years. It's, not, it's like, oh, if it didn't happen on day one, on September 26th and 27th of 2022, ah, you're a false prophet. No, because it's not an event. It's, it's seven years of strengthening this covenant that's going to happen. 
this is already happening. You already have heard about it over the, the last seven years. If you're paying any attention whatsoever, the Democrats and the socialists and the Marxists and the communists and the progressives all around the world that are in power have been making this happen. And it is going to be stronger like a noose tightening around the nations of the world. We felt the noose tightening with COVID. And when this crisis, this next crisis happens, they're going to leverage the fear of the world to just completely choke all control out of your life. You won't be able to buy a car unless they say you can. You can't do what you want in your house. You can't eat the food you want to eat. You have a puddle on your land. You don't own that puddle. That is something you rent from the government. They regulate that puddle. You know, whatever water you have on your land, a puddle, a pond, a lake. I'm kind of exaggerating, but it's not much of an exaggeration. You will own nothing, and they say you're going to love it. Hey, won't that be great? You don't own your house or a car. You basically rent everything. Everything's completely 100% under government control. This is going to be a mixing, mixing of world communism or Marxism and fascism, the, the, the businesses of the world, which is going to be my next subject, are uniting with the governments of the world to make this happen. That's called fascism. Donald Trump isn't a fascist. Klaus Schwab is the ultimate fascist. He is the guy jumping in bed with governments, and they're working hand in hand. One that, you know, Twitter, for example, and, and Facebook are asking the government, what do you want us to do? And the government is telling you, uh, sh shut this up, shut this up, don't let, uh, and we saw this at the last elections, don't let anything go out about, you know, uh, these conspiracy theories that there was a rigged election and things like that. Don't let, and on and on, these conspiracy theories have all come out to be true. All right. <laughs> anyway. So the two things, I keep trying to talk about two things. One is the strengthening of the covenant for the next seven years. It's not an event. The next seven years, you got to watch to see if we're in the final seven years. Sorry, it's not an event. And the second thing you got to watch um, is the nation of Israel. So what's going to happen? Again, it's not going to be a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. It's actually going to be just the opposite. The, look at the previous time Israel was under this Shemitah judgment. The 480 years prior, what happened? The Babylonian invasion. And then there was you know, the Persian invasion. And then there was uh, the Medo-Persian. And then the Greeks. And then the... Uh, the Romans, all the way to the time of Jesus, you know, Jesus was around with the Roman occupation. Israel didn't own their own land. They were un under captivity. They were, they, were, they were taken off the land. They went back to their land. They were in occupation. They were in ruins. The temple was in ruins. It had to be rebuilt. Jerusalem was in ruins. It had to be rebuilt and so forth. And so this is going to be what's going to happen to Israel in the last seven years is a time of great uh, conflict, possibly with Iran, Syria, Hezbollah, 
All this stuff about Iran having nuclear weapons is very serious to watch. It's the perfect timing for this to set off the, the blaze, to, to set off what will ultimately end at the end of the seven years with Armageddon, the War of Armageddon, where the nations of the world will, will enter into the Valley of Megiddo to surround Israel, and they'll be, well, they'll be destroyed by Jesus Christ returning. So it's going to be seven years, particularly the last three and a half years, uh, it is going to be a time of great conflict for the nation of Israel. So that's what we're watching as the second sign is the nation of Israel coming into great conflict, possibly war or uh, uh, an intifada, um, problems with uh, something's going to happen where they're, I believe, and they're not they're going to be under judgment for the final seven years. They're not going to be able to work the land like they used to. We just saw uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Ukraine can't work the land to produce the barley and the, the wheat and all the stuff that they give to the world because, because of war. So quite possibly that's what we're going to look at is something is going to happen. I don't know what it is. I'm just I'm throwing out suggestions. I have no idea. But it's something is going to happen that's going to bring pressure on the nation of Israel for the final seven years. So the final seven years is going to have certain events happen. The, the, the early part of the final seven years, the temple must be built, the, the third Jewish temple. And it's going to happen, it's going to happen right next to the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, okay, on the Temple Mount. That's what it says in uh, Revelation chapter 11. So the temple must be built in a sharing agreement, and then the most holy place will be anointed according to Daniel 9.24. Then the sacrifices will cease sometime early uh, or sometime in the first half of the final seven years. The sacrifices cease, and then... Um, 1,290 days later, what's going to happen? The abomination of desolation, where the temple will be defiled by the Antichrist, and then abominations, and then the asteroid, and then Jesus comes. That's a brief summary. So... People are saying, oh, there'll be a seven-year peace treaty with Israel for those seven years. Actually, it's, it's going to be the opposite of peace. There's going to be great conflict in Israel for the final seven years. It's just going to build. It's going to start off slow conflict. Something's going to happen, and it's going to build. And, of course, that's going to cause probably a great deal of instability in the Middle East. And because of that, in the whole world. Watch oil prices. All right, so let's talk about, again... Uh, this is, I believe, the covenant with many that will be confirmed for the final seven years. This is the world government, the United Nations, um, enforcing this. And right now it's in a voluntary state, which is enough because people are getting on board on purpose, voluntarily. And then eventually it will be a noose tightening so that you must comply the world must comply with Agenda 2030, which simply means they will control literally everything on the planet. That's their goal. Look, for, look up the sustainable goals. 
the, uh, it'll be Sustainable uh, Development Goals, SDGs. And basically, they want control of all finance, employment, health care, uh, government, the courts, the, the currencies of the world, the water, the mineral, the resources, the land, the forestry, uh, voting, children, education, 17 things, complete, absolute control by the United Nations. It's going to happen. It's prophesied in the Bible. And I'm going to resist the whole way. All right. So that is the, the, the red. If you remember, the second horseman is the red horseman. But the, the, the horse itself is red. Red represents government. And I'll prove that later. But we know the red. You're familiar with the colors of communism and socialism and blood which they often shed. It's the color red. Marxism, communism, progressivism, socialism has killed multiple millions and millions and millions through starvation of their own people and through war. That's, that's just the nature of the beast. And that's what's coming. So let's talk about also the uh, black the color black represents economics. So let's talk about this guy, Klaus Schwab. We've talked about him before. He is the, the leader of the World Economic Forum. And so this guy is, um, this guy is something else. I, I believe he's probably one of the ten kings that the Antichrist has under him, if he's not the Antichrist himself, but I think he's one of the ten kings. I think the Antichrist is still hidden behind closed doors. You're not going to see him come out at the beginning of the final seven years. It's not until he shows up at towards the end or mid to the end and does the abomination of desolation where everybody points and says, well, there he is. He just declared himself God in the Jewish temple. There he is. That was the Antichrist all along. I don't think anybody will know for sure until that moment happens. At which point, abominations come and he starts massacring two-thirds of the Jews uh, in Israel. And so, anyway, so the real... Antichrist is probably going to be hidden behind closed doors. You're not going to see a man show up and make a seven-year covenant with Israel, and you can point to him and say, there he is. And it was, I think we're going to enter into the final seven years, and the preachers will have no idea that it's already started. And they're going to laugh at me and criticize me. But as time passes, what I'm saying is going to be true, proven more and more true. So let's talk about... Um, there's four ways that the covenant with many is going to be shown to the world. One is Agenda 2030. The second one is what we call the Great Reset. Agenda 2030 is the governmental version. The Great Reset with Mr. Schwab here in World Economic Forum is the economic version, all right? The business version. Next is Mr. Pope. He has a religious version. Then 
is the Paris Agreement or the Paris Climate Agreement. And that is the climate version. <laughs> uh, and so each of those are a horse. I'll explain the horses later. Let's talk about this one. He's the black. He's riding. There's a spirit riding on a black horse. And that spirit is controlled by the Antichrist. The, the black horse represents economics and business, finance, markets, currencies, money. All right. So the noose that is tightening around us is by these guys, the World Economic Forum, and they're pushing what is known as, of course, the Great Reset. I don't have time to go into the Great Reset, but I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, it is control of, of everything through fascism. In other words, big mega corporations and companies, the Googles and Facebooks and Amazons and and, and all these mega companies, Coca-Cola, Disney, etc., are pushing the agenda of the Antichrist. That's just the way it's happening. If you didn't see it happening, you've, you've really had your eyes closed. Wake up. It's time to wake up. And so you can look up this guy. I don't have time to talk about him. For time's sake, let's get into the next horse. The next version of the covenant with many. So the covenant with many, again, the, U, the government version is the UN's Agenda 2030. The economic version is the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. The religious version of the covenant with many, it's, it's by the Pope. This Pope, who introduced it back in 2015, blood moons, neon signs pointing at that moment, this religious version, it's called Laudato, Laudato C, L-A-U-D-A-T-O, space S-I, Laudato C, on care for our common home by Pope, Pope Francis. Let's say his name right, Pope Francis. And this was an encyclical letter that started in 2015, the same time, he introduced that agenda 2030 to the world along with the United Nations. All right. So this is the religious version. So the white horse represents religion. And the Antichrist rides the white horse. The Antichrist has power over religion. He's actually the first horse that came out of the stall, right? The first one was the white, was control over religion. The next one was the black control, I'm sorry, the next one was red, control over government. The next one after that was control over economics. All these have already been released. And the last one is the green horse, which represents climate and nature. That's what green represents. And so I know people think green represents all kinds of things. I'm telling you the meaning of these, and I'll, I'll show it to you in just a little while. Just stick with me. I'll give you some biblical proof of what these colors represent. I'll just tell you ahead of time because I got I'm trying to tell you the big story here, the big picture. Let's go back. Let's talk about Laudato C. Look it up. It is Agenda 2030 in religious terms. It is a sin for you to violate uh uh the, the climate and 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 not 
try to watch your carbon footprint and to allow, you know, the uh, fossil fuels to continue. We must do away with do away with all fossil fuels, which is as stupid as you can be. Okay, uh, we're not. We don't have the electricity to make electric. We don't have the capability to make electric cars yet for everybody. Wind and solar power doesn't work all the time. It's at best a small supplement. We still need to rely almost entirely on coal and nuclear and they're completely lying when they say nuclear isn't clean nuclear is almost entirely clean they're just lying to you you don't nuclear should be our primary way secondary is coal fossil fuels natural gas all of them are a blessing that god put in the earth for us to use we got plenty of them but your joe biden build back better wants to shut it all down and destroy our nation and so they destroy the nation and they offer the solution. That's how the government, U.S. government, world government is going to work. They're going to destroy the nations of the world and offer the solution to the destruction that they caused. <laughs> and go, oh, that didn't happen because of us, though. That happened because of capitalism. And they'll point to, you know, Donald Trump or capitalism or conservatives or fossil fuels being the problem. Fossil fuels are the solution. They're not the problem. Um, so it's the same mentality. They cause the problem and they come up with a solution, which they had planned all along. That's, so anyway, Laudato C is the religious version. Um, and it's all about climate change and things like that. And getting on board with Agenda 2030. That's what it's about. So they're using, of course, Agenda 2030, climate change, as their... Um, motivation to make everybody get on world on on board with world government. They they actually I don't think care, could care less about the climate. They just want your money. They want the nations and the businesses of the world to flood them with money because money is power. They're flooding. They want they want all the power. Then the crisis comes. The announcement that an asteroid is striking the Earth. When the crisis is announced the world will go into complete panic and fear and give up their own sovereignty the nations of the world will give up their sovereignty on purpose gladly to save us from the asteroid and the world government's already in place saying yeah no problem we had it all along they in fact they probably even knew that the asteroid was coming many of them anyway all right so the white is religious then the last one is the green horse, and that is what we know as the Paris climate or the Paris Agreement, the Paris Climate Agreement, uh, also what it's known as. All right. What is the Paris Agreement? The Paris Agreement is a legally binding international treaty on climate change to limit global warming to well below two, preferably to 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial levels. This requires economic and social transformation to face the climate challenges now and moving into the future based on the best available science. The Paris Agreement works on a five-year cycle of increasingly ambitious climate action. By 2020, countries communicate their plans known as nationally determined contributions. Countries communicate actions they will take to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions in order to reach the goals of the Paris Agreement. 
Countries also communicate actions they will take to build resilience to adapt to the impacts of rising temperatures. This may include information on adaptation and finance flows. The Paris Agreement also provides a framework for financial, technical and capacity building support to those countries who need it. Starting in 2024, countries report transparently on actions taken. Collective progress under the Paris Agreement will be assessed through a global stock take. This will lead to recommendations for countries to set more ambitious plans in the next round. So, the covenant with many is in your face in four forms. Agenda 2030, world government version. Great Reset, the economic version. Laudato C, the encyclical letter by Pope Francis. The religious version. Paris Agreement. This is the climate version. We're in the time of the green horseman, the horse and the, and the rider, death and hell. Horse has to do with nature, but it's the essence of it is here. The UN Climate Change Conference, which we've heard of as COP21, is when they put this thing together back in 2015. Blood moons, neon sign, pointed 2015. There it is again. That's when it all came together. Here it is. Um, so that's, this is the, the, the climate version, the nature version, the color green has to do with nature, of course. Uh, so the green horse, and uh, by the way, that's, if you look up the, the word, um, in Revelation, that fourth horse color, it's chloros in the Greek, which means green. All right. It says something different in different translations, like speckled or modeled or something like that but it's green it's chloros it's a green horse let's talk about the green horse let's let's talk about the meaning of the horses this is the one we're at right now the green horse has been loosed so the white horse was the first one released i'd really like to get into the, the seven trumpets but i'm not going to have time i'm gonna i think i'm just gonna I'm going to focus on this, and we'll get into the seven trumpets on the next video. All right, the white horse was the first rider, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? The first one was the rider is the spirit of Antichrist and false Christianity, okay? The false Christ, false Christianity, which was released, you know, back when Catholicism was released, Many, many years ago, 1300 years ago, I guess, Seven, 1700 years ago. So, but the horse, the color white, it represents religion. So the rider riding, riding this horse is the power of Antichrist and false Christianity over religion. So what you have to do is do some study on the color white. And I, I've taught, I've been taught and have taught Bible hermeneutics 
which means Bible interpretation. And one of the rules of Bible interpretation is if you want to learn about something, go back to the first time that subject is mentioned, that word is mentioned, and that will be a key to understanding that subject throughout the Bible. Go back to the first mention. And so you do this with the colors. This is how you interpret colors. I know people come up with all kinds of crazy interpretations for the book of Revelation. This is Bible hermeneutics. And it's right. <laughs> the color white. Now, using the hermeneutical law of first mention, we discover that the color white is first mentioned in reference to burning bricks, the color white, in the construction of the Tower of Babel. Hence, false religion over there in Genesis chapter 11, verse 3. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks. It actually is the word white, burning them white thoroughly. They used bricks for stone, and they used tar for mortar. So that's the first mention of the word bright. It is the essence of false religion, the Tower of Babel. Okay, so that's why the the you know these horses were mentioned over there in another prophecy. I forgot where it was, but there were two horses. Mentioned in the Old Testament at a time, the white horses and the red and the and the um, black and so forth, the mottled, which is I think the green. But now there's only one mentioned at a time, and now each one is under the control of these demonic spirits. The first one being the Antichrist spirit himself, riding on religion. The next horse is the red horse. There's an evil horse, uh, I'm sorry, an evil spirit riding this horse. The spirit is the spirit of war. And it, it and the horse itself is the color red, which represents governments. All right, I'll prove that in a sec. So it is the spirit of war controlling the governments. All right, it is an evil spirit controlling the governments. Essentially, it comes down to ultimately the Antichrist spirit controlling the governments of the world, which we will know as world government, and it will be pushing Agenda 2030. So let's look at the color red. How do I know that has anything to do with government? Go back to first mention, the first mention of the color red. It's actually the name in Hebrew of Adam. Adam's name actually means red. First mentioned of red is Adam himself. And of course, he was made from red clay or dust. We were made from the dirt, right? So, using the Bible hermeneutical law of first mention, we discover the first mention of the man Adam was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And what does it say there? It speaks of Adam's authority to rule the earth. Hence, government. That's Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our image. Adam was the man. Red in our image. According to our likeness, let them rule over the fish of the sea, the bird of the, of the sky, the cattle, over the, all the earth, over every creeping thing, etc. So it has to do, again, with rulership, authority, government. That's why red represents government. The next horse and rider, 
the horse's black, the rider, is known as famine. The black horse represents Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist's power over economics. Black is the color of economics. And by the way, Jesus' commentary in Matthew 24 proves all this as well as far as how these horses, um, the riders represent these different things. So Matthew 24, 7 talks about the rider of the horse. He said in verse 7, there should be famines. So the rider is famines. We're talking about food shortages right now because of uh, logistics problems, trucking problem, shipping problems. Um, you know, they, talk, they blame it on COVID. They blame it on the war. It's, it's, they're doing it on purpose. They're, they're, not, they're, they're blaming anything, but they're the ones that are doing it. World government is doing it on purpose. These World Economic Forum people are doing it on purpose. All right, so black, the black horse is significant. It is an evil spirit, the spirit of famine, which is controlled by the spirit of Antichrist, over economics. Where do we look up the, the color black? Again, the first mention of the color black is in reference to the wages that were paid to Jacob from Laban, his, his uncle. If you remember in the Old Testament, Jacob had to go work for his uncle for seven years to earn his wife, and Laban, Laban cheated him, and he had to work an additional seven years for the wife he actually wanted, not the one he got. So he had he was forced basically into labor for fourteen years to get his wife. Okay, so let's let's talk about it. Genesis thirty verse thirty two. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing. From there, every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one, first time black is mentioned in the Bible. Every black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats and such shall be my wages. Black represents economics. And that's what we see in the relationship between Jacob and Laban. It was an economic relationship where Jacob was basically frauded over and over and over and over again, economics. So that's the first mention. That's why black represents economics. It'll be the spirit of famine over economics. And in other words, the economics of the world will come to a crash, a recession, and then a depression. And, well, that's the end times for you. All right, the fourth rider and fourth color. The rider, it says clearly in the book of Revelation, is the spirit of death, and that is followed by hell. Death is just as it sounds, death. Hell is the absence of God. So, what is green? It is the spirit of death and hell in control of nature. Green represents nature. So we're in that time of this fourth horseman. Nature has gone out of control. And by nature, it isn't just earthquakes and tsunamis and mudslides and uh, tornadoes and hurricanes and cyclones and brush fires and all these things. But it also has to do with all things of nature like wild beasts, parasites, viruses, pandemics. 
we're there. We're at the green horse. It's been released a while ago, actually, but we're in a heavy wave of it. And, and once these things are released, it isn't like an event. It's a wave. It, it comes up and there'll be a high and then it'll go down. And it comes up again, higher, more intense, then back down. Comes up again, higher. Jesus called them labor pains. More intense and more frequent the closer towards the end. So we've been seeing labor pains of the white horse rider, Antichrist, and religion. Labor pains of government, Marxism, socialism over governments. Um, economics, labor pains, depression and recession. And, um, you know, we're in one now, I think, a recession at this time. And then we'll see the same thing with, with, uh, with nature, climate. So we'll see, like right now, this, the heat's been crazy the last few months uh, due to, like, you know, whatever, solar flares are going off and it's heating up the earth. And so we're just in a terrible time and uh, has nothing to do with man causing climate change. That's a hoax. Color green. Let's again use the law of first mention. What is the first mention of the color green in Bible? That is the key to understanding the color green throughout the Bible. And the first mention is, of course, the plants are green when they were created. In uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 30, And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant. There it is. For food. And it was so. Green has to do with plants and nature. He mentioned all these, these natural things. Beasts of the earth. And so, you know, that's exactly what it's talking about. Beasts of the earth. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 7, pestilences is his word. Beast of the earth, pestilence, viruses, plagues, epidemics, pandemics. That's a pestilence. A pestilence can not only be viral, bacterial, they can also be like locusts, wiping out crops, plagues of all kinds drought. It also has, Jesus said this, let me go back to Jesus, pestilences, earthquakes in different places. Earthquakes also has to do with weather. They're, they're, you know, the leftists are all about climate change, climate change. It's, it's just weather, but it is going to get worse, not because of man's carbon footprint, man driving fossil fuel vehicles. It's man's sin that causes the labor pains in the earth. And of course, these leftists are all about more sin. <laughs> and so they're causing the problem, but saying the, the, the cause is something else and the solution they have. The solution is only Jesus Christ. So let's talk about green real quick again. Let me go back to green. Every green plant. So green represents nature. Notice also that the Bible mentions the beast of the earth, uh, just as Revelation chapter 6 and verse 8 mentions 
with the fourth rider of the beast of the earth. Revelation 6, 8 says this, And I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, where, where ashen, in New American Standard, King James, wherever you're reading, look it up, the original is actually green, chloros. A green horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to them over the fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, with pestilence, and with wild beasts of the earth. Again, beast is mentioned over there in Genesis where we saw the word green. So the beast may include microscopic types of beast, viral diseases. And so this horse is associated with that fourth horse. And that this is, this is the verse I was talking about. Look up the horses in Zechariah chapter 6. That's where all these horses are first mentioned. The ones we see in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 6, the first mention of the horses, we don't talk about the riders at all in Zechariah Zachariah 6, but we do see the horses, that there's two of them, um, and they have various functions, and that this is the function of the horses that I've already given you. Um, and so, in Zechariah 6 verse 3, the word is dappled horse, which we're this is the green horse, the Hebrew word for, for speckled is the word, or dappled, is hail, implying storms. And so that's very interesting. And so here's the four ways that the covenant with many is being pushed on the earth, and it's right in front of us. You see it every day. Okay, Agenda 2030, Great Reset, Laudato C, if you're part of the Catholic Church, and... Uh, the Paris Agreement, or the Paris Climate Agreement. All right, that's the covenant with many, the noose that is tightening around the earth in the next seven years until we lose complete freedom to do as we want to do. Wow, it's been an hour. I have to stop. I can't continue to go and get into the seven trumpets. So next time I'll talk about the seven trumpets and Wormwood and Apophis and all these wonderful things. That I didn't have time to get into. Are you ready? The only way to be ready is to have Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. It's the only way to be ready for the end. You know, the Bible says all these terrible things are going to happen in the earth and Christians will be persecuted. We will be martyred. We will be slain. We will be killed for our faith. But these plagues, you know, there's these locust plagues are not going to touch us. Only those that, um, if we have the seal of God on us, the plague of the locust isn't going to touch us. And we will have the seal of God on us if we're born again. The sixth um, trumpet. Again, a bunch of demons will be released in the earth, but they're not going to touch us. It says in Psalm 91, and I believe it is in reference to the sixth trumpet yeah, that's right. The sixth trumpet, which is 200 million demons released on the earth that will kill one-third of mankind, it ain't going to touch us. And it'll happen in one hour, according to that prophecy in Revelation chapter uh, 9. But Revel uh, Psalm 91 is talking about us. The only way to be ready for the end is to be in Christ Jesus 
And then you can say Psalm 91, that we will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day or of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the destruction that that lays waste at noon. A thousand will fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it will not come near us. It will not approach us. Only with our eyes will we see the recompense of the wicked because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the Most High, who is Jesus, our dwelling place. No evil will befall us, nor will any plague come near our tent. We will be persecuted, but the plagues will be exempt from if you're in Christ. Good news. That's the way to be ready, is to be in Christ. Don't compromise your faith. Don't take the mark of the beast. Give your whole life over to Jesus Christ right now. Call out on the name of the Lord. Repent of your sin. Make him Lord of your life. Give him your entire life. He has purchased you on that cross with his own blood. So you give him all. And he will give you his righteousness. He will forgive you. God will forgive you and cleanse you and cast your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. And you become a new creation. All things become new. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All things become new. You become a son of God. You become born again. If you've done that, let me know. Go to thomastaylorministries.org. Use the contact link and let me know you became born again today. I have to stop. Make sure you hit the like, hit the bell, uh, hit the follow, and I'll continue on my next video. God bless. I'll see you next time.